Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Here we are in 2021 and uh, man, I'm telling you, it's got to be better than 2020. That's about all I can think. And we've been going through the Psalms, Stephanie Wesco, my friend, my co-worker here, my co-host. So uh, here we are in Psalm 44, finishing up the second half of that. Now, what's going on with you? Wow. Well, it is, you know, cold here in Indiana and dreary. And uh, my body does not like cold and dreary at all. No, so, nobody's body does, I don't think. People yeah. that live where it's cold all the time must. I don't know. I mean, you'd think they'd move south. I, I loved the weather in Cameroon. I loved it. I loved the heat. So God brought me back here where it's cold. Yeah, so. yeah. So you might hear a little bit of banging. My garbage man is picking up my garbage. And uh, so sorry about that in the background there, but I'm glad he's picking it up. Praise God. It's all like and ours is coming today, too. Yeah. So the, the cold, the rain. So to be quite honest with you, so Stephanie's neck has been the devil to her lately. So pray about that. Pray for my wife. My poor wife's been dealing with uh, some nausea. By the time you hear this, pray for them anyway. They need prayer just because they have to hang out with me sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. We're on Psalm 44. There's a lot we've been talking about, Stephanie. And in Psalm 44, we came right out of the chute. And David was talking about all the wonderful things that happened during the Exodus, the history, the Jewish people, everything great that happened, all those good places, all those great things. And then he went negative with his juju. He went to a bad place. He went to uh, went to negative. Like you said, the pendulum shifted. And David started talking about how God wasn't with him, how uh, he's forsaken the armies, and David forgot that uh, uh, he forgot about old uh, him slaying the giant. He forgot, uh, you know, how Israel got there, how God's to this day God has protected Israel, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, we're on verse number seventeen. And as I'm watching on the screen, just so you know, I think it must be cold where inside where Stephanie is. <laughs> I just watched her, I think, put on two jackets and a hood. Uh, so uh, we'll pray for her as she goes. She's going to go ahead and start reading after she zips that jacket and tries to get her body temperature back up to at least 95. And uh, she's going to go ahead and start reading. Her hands are purple. There might be a slight cold issue. Yeah, yeah, her hands are purple. So here we are on Psalm 44, starting in verse 17. All this is come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee, neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. Thou, thou, Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons, and covered us with the shadow of death, if we have forgotten the name of our God, or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake are we killed all the, all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. 
Wherefore hidest thou thy face and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. For thy mercy's sake. And uh, wow, I, I think that's pretty cool. And uh, arise for our help and redeem us for our mercy's sake. So, so coming right out, David, you know, the thing to do in Israel, if anything bad happened, you had to blame it on somebody who sinned. That was the thing. That was the history. That's what we're seeing. And, and, and we know it's true. Uh, when Israel was defeated in Joshua 7, uh, there was a three-year famine in Second Samuel. Uh, but now things are going pretty good and people are being kind of faithful. I mean, what are you thinking when you, when you get there, Stephanie? You came out of 17 and you went to 22. And I'm seeing basically David saying, you should help us. We're better people now. I mean, what are you getting out of 17 to 22? What's coming to your mind there? Well, it's interesting because David's kind of defending why God should be helping them. Yeah. And um says, you know, even though you've forsaken us, <laughs> we haven't forsaken you. <laughs> he almost gets sassy. Um, if I can put it in that way, um, in verse... Um, 18 and 19 that's kind of where it leaves me where though thou you know our heart is not turned back neither have our steps declined even though thou hast sort of broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death but then in verse 20 he changes to way more of a soul searching yeah spirit you know i love i love the fact in the psalms that we see, we see a, a man, God inspired all of this. This yeah. is a part of his word. And it's like, he lays out before us what Psalm 103 looks like when David talks about, um, like as a father pitieth his children. So the Lord pity of them that fear him, you know, God, I love how God inspired the Psalms, even the Psalms like right here, where it, when I read it, I'm kind of like, Ooh, you sure that's the best way to talk to God? And then when I look at my own life, I'm, I'm, I've, I've talked to God like this. Yeah, me too. It's like, God, why would you kill my husband? You know, I've heard you, you've you said that? that to me. Why would God kill me? <laughs> and, and you, you've said to me, and again, this is a, we, we totally put everything out there. We don't hold anything back. We full disclosure people. This, these podcasts should come with a warning that says full disclosure, because that's who we are. <laughs> But one of the things Stephanie would ask or would say, and I'm not picking on her because I think every one of us would say the same thing. Why him? Why not me? Why didn't I get shot that day? You know, Charles was the better parent. And and so all of us got this logic within ourselves is the reason I shared that. And, and the logic within ourselves is, is always, there's always why with God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay yeah. to ask why once or something. You don't fixate on it. You don't. I mean, Job did, and Job was blessed uh, beyond measure at the end of that whole thing, before and after his trial. Um, I mean, you've been there, Stephanie. I mean, what's going through David's mind? Well, I think there's that sense in which David was someone who loved the Lord from the from his youth. He was faithful to the Lord, and yet he still has had trials in his life. He's had serious ones. David's been, um, you know, he's been made this right-hand man to the king. And then that same king, when David appears to be a threat to him, that same king's trying to 
kill him with javelins is is purposely trying to put him in scenarios black almost these narcissistic blackmail where you don't get to marry my daughter unless you go do such and such which he thought would seal david's death warrant and it didn't but he's you know david has spent his whole life being put in positions where it it appears god's trying to destroy him and um David isn't is in a low spot of saying, God, I, I, I've been faithful to you. I've served you. I've stepped out by faith to follow where you've led me and you've broken me. You've covered me with a shadow of death. You've done this to my nation. And, um, but then I love how he comes back around in verse 20 and says, if we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. And he comes back around to, yeah, we've been faithful, but we haven't been. You know, that that whole thing of, I'm a human. Yes, I have at times forgotten the name of my God. I have, have had times that I stretched out my hand to a strange God. You know, it's that concept um, where Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. And there's not a person alive who hasn't broken it. Yeah. You know, there's that, that to love the Lord, our God with all Jesus used that. He didn't just say with your strength, he says with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's, it's impossible humanly to do that. It is impossible. We can't, that's where God's grace is we cannot live without it. We have to have God's grace on a moment by moment basis. And I see David coming before God and in a sense going from being frustrated with God to going back to that soul searching, the David that we, that we know, the David that we love, that God uses to draw us all closer to him. The David that says he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yeah. Yeah, and he's spending all his time basically with that. You should be faithful to us. Yes. You should take care of us, God. You should do these things. You should, and and that's kind of what's going on there. He's just keeping on over and over again, but equating that back to what you were going through. As I mean, was there ever a time where you said, "Okay, Charles was killed. He's buried. I'm raising these eight kids. I'm serving as a missionary. I'm doing these silly podcasts. Doug calls all the time and wants to do them." You should be faithful to me. Have you ever had that attitude? I've had that. I've I've had some thoughts along those lines go through my head. Yes. Me too. And they 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 win it. It's a it's a very man. It leaves me mad at myself because you you have these thoughts of wow you know and then God slaps you upside the head and head and says you little worm I cannot believe you would get that stuck up on yourself and but you're not you know, alone. I mean, there's there's people listening to us. There's me. I've been there. Well, God, I'm giving all my time. I'm, you know, I'm up till midnight. I'm answering people in South America. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You should do this to me. But wait a minute. What has God done for us? Say, we can't even breathe without him holding our hand. It's that old right. Southern gospel song that Tony Green used to sing. And uh, he's in heaven right now. And, but I, I guess as we went through this and, and you should... You should help us portion of this particular psalm. And I had written that in my Bible. 
for those five verses, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six verses, I guess, right? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, yeah, <clears throat> that you should serve us. But then we get to this weird place, Stephanie, as we're going through the psalm here. And, and we get to that place that starts over here in 23. You will help us. The confidence is there. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore, hidest thou thy face? And forgettest our affliction and our oppression, with a question mark, for our soul is bowed down to the dust, our bellies cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for mercy's sake. I mean, the best part of that is that last verse. The best part of that is you will help us. I mean, what is he saying there? What's going on there in the end and uh, those last four verses? What do you think? I think David's turning his focus off of all of these pendulum swings and he's landing in the middle. And, you know, he did two pendulum swings, got a little, you know, literally it was exactly what this, this Psalm has been like is a, is a pendulum swinging in and coming more back down and he ends in the center of saying, you're still God. Hmm. And I think that's where we have to, especially if you're in the midst of a trial, um, you can look back at the at the memories. In some ways, those memories become things that haunt you of saying, God, this is what you did. And then Satan takes us all the way to the other pendulum swing of God's dead. He's not even alive. He's not even listening to you. Yeah. And as we that pendulum slows down and realizing that we are nothing that we we have nothing in us that merits god's mercy and that we have you know our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and um, that god knows those motives those secrets of our heart and then we come back to getting our focus looking unto jesus and coming to him you know, David said in another Psalms, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And even a righteous person is going to have these Psalms. They're going to have these pendulum swings. And the point is of coming to this place of casting your burden on him, coming boldly before the throne of grace and realizing that God is still real. He is still alive. He still is the God of Psalm 23 that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death that David talks about in verse 19, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Yeah. Realizing <clears throat> that we can cry unto that God and, you know, cry out to him that he would not cast us off, cry out to him that he would not forget us, that he would not hide his face from us. And, you know, it's interesting because I honestly had not read, read um, this psalm last night, but I was praying and I was asking God to stand up in my prayer time last night before I went to bed. I was saying, God, would you stand up? And that's what I see in verse 26. David says, arise for our help. And that sense of power, that sense of readiness, that sense of act of being in, 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 in not in a passive state of sitting, but in an active state of standing, and David's saying, God, would you stand up for our help and would you redeem us for thy mercy's sake? It doesn't say redeem us because we've been faithful to you. It's not the attitude that he had earlier, 
redeem us because our heart isn't turned back or our steps haven't declined. He's saying, redeem us for thy mercy's sake. And coming before that throne of mercy, that mercy seat, and crying out, you know, evening and at morning at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And we come back to that. That that's, I think we as Christians so often, and it's laziness, but we so often want God to be active for us, but we're not willing to stop being passive. And if we want to see God active, we need to get active. If we want to see God work, we need to be busy serving him. We need to be actively crying out to him. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Those are promises Jesus gave in that Sermon on the Mount. And start asking. Start asking God to arise. Start Get busy seeking God. And you know, you you actually... on you. I like what you're doing here. You actually cut ahead and went to the practical side. That's We should be busy. We should be busy asking. We should be busy knocking. We should be busy almost begging. Is begging a word we can use for God? I think so. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, yeah. what when, when our children, for whatever it may be, um, with Samuel, it's carrots and avocados, if you can believe that or not. He will literally beg for carrots or beg for salad or beg for, I mean, literally, it's it's insane. Most kids do not beg for those things. Um, trust me, Caleb has never begged for a salad in his entire existence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Caleb wants to lick the juice and the fat off your steak if you don't want it. Leave it in your plate. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> He's a beef guy. he's a meat he's all about the meat um and sam's the exact opposite but um when our children really want something it's it's like an instinct god put in them to beg there is an instinct there of that intense desire for something that intense going after it um you know and you cannot be intense you cannot be the double-minded man and be intense on one thing a double-minded man literally is is a mess that's why they are a mess they have their their intensity becomes this muddled foggy disastrous mess because it is impossible to be intensely focused on one thing and have your brain somewhere else it is impossible and that's why a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and when we are intensely seeking like like a baby, I think of a baby that's hungry, man, they will scream and cry, most babies. Maybe yeah. there are some that don't. All of mine would start screaming if they got too hungry and mommy was, was distracted. So that's the intensity we're talking about, that intensity where God, I cannot, we cannot do this without you. Yeah. And that's the intensity that we are to go to God with. And that's that's the intensity I see. At the yeah. end of this, David is desperate. He's desperate. We need to be desperate. We need to be desperate for souls. We need to be desperate for our families. We need to be desperate for our prayer life. We need to be desperate for a relationship with God. We need to be desperate for our churches. We need to be desperate for our nation, our country. And I know nation in the Old Testament really dealt with people groups, but you know, the United States is a people group, and uh, we need to be desperate. And uh, I think desperation breeds being on your knees, breeds praying out to God. And I'll I'll tell you, one of the things I saw, you know, when I was in the army, and I haven't said that in two weeks of podcast, probably, 
But when I was in the Army, people did everything it took to have the best foot forward to, you know, be able to be promoted, to get the good assignments. I mean, people would do their PT so they would get the best physical training scores. People would have their weigh-ins done right. People would take college courses. People would take correspondence classes. There were all these things academically and physically that people did. They'd wear the uniforms perfect. They'd, I mean, they'd be the first one at work, the last one to leave. They would, they would do everything in a prerequisite kind of way, knowing that if I do these things, I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to make it once in a while. And, and I mean, I was blessed. I was able to get promoted through the enlisted ranks to sergeant major. But I had to do all those things as a prerequisite to experience the blessing. I have friends of mine that retired from the Army and didn't retire as well, you know, rank-wise. And, and some of them you can look at and say, I get it. You know, they, you know, you can watch them try to do something in their life and they're not proacting. They're not being ready for those things. Well, one of the worst things that can happen to us as Christians, and there's no rank in Christianity. We're all level at the cross. We're all privates. We all serve a mighty and wonderful God. And by the way, Christ was never a corporal. He was always the Lord and Savior. He was there at the beginning. And uh, But I think we need to do the prerequisites. We need to be doing the praying. We need to be doing the Bible study. And we need to be doing the Bible reading. We need to be learning more about God. We need to know what God's Word says. We'll do it in the Army. I mean, in the Army, we'll sit there for hours and study the regulation and be tested on it. We'll make sure we know every word. We'll make sure what we need to know, uh, you know, to pass this test, to pass that test. Somewhere along the way, we as Christians have lost the urgency in that. I think it's a great idea, by the way, for uh, Sunday schools to have graded homework. I think that's a really good idea, especially at those primary and secondary education levels and and stuff where you can really make a difference on people in junior high. I mean, you can really make a difference going through school with graded homework. Take this home, fill it out, bring it back in. And if you get a good grade, I'll give you a Milky Way bar or whatever. Did I ever mm. tell you, I seriously like Milky Way bars. I can't remember the last time I, I had that. a Milky Way bar. You like, I know you like Twixes. Twix are my favorite. I think Milky Way is second. It's kind of a Twix type of bar, you know, without the... I guess you could put a vanilla wafer and a Milky Way bar together and take a bite of it and almost have a Twix. You know, mm -hmm. I think I'm going to try that. I got to tell Debbie in a few minutes, we got to get some Milky Way bars. But oh, anyway. Cold Twixes are the best. I love cold Twixes. I like the soft Twix. I like the soft caramel. I like it when you pull it out of your mouth and that caramel is about 14, 18 inches long before it breaks. <laughs> I keep pulling it till I get full breakage. You know, I want the full thing. I want the breath. I want to know when it's going to break off. I think we got Twixes after our car accident. Seems like I remember grabbing some Twixes at Kohl's or something. I remember eating Twix. After the accident. Yeah, that car accident and the things that followed thereafter led to me Can being fat. But then going on a health management plan, which has made us thin. And, uh, you know, I, I mean... You thin. I still have a little ways to go. But you're getting there. I'm not that thin, and I got furry face going on. It makes me look a little heavier with the fur, and uh, it, it's you know, and giving that regal look as Max, my adopted son, and uh, uh, his wife said, uh, "You know, you look regal." I just want to point that out. But anyway, That's here we are. Like the uh, umpteenth time I have heard that that story rehearsed. Well, Speaking well, of looking back on the good times. <laughs> that, was, that was a good day. But anyway, here we are, two days before Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. But anyway, here we are. 
And this is where we are. This is where we are practically. This is where we're going. Uh, bottom line, folks, we need to prepare. We need to go in front of God, remembering those wonderful things he has done for us. We need to eliminate those middle verses where we're complaining. And we need to seek out God, trust God, trust the victory to him. Step forward. He's got your back. Do the prerequisites. Be in prayer. Be reading your Bible. Be doing those things. Treat people halfway decent. I don't know, Stephanie, but I know... I know you got to serve the Lord to do all these things, and you know where I'm going with this. I do. Uh, yeah, and we could either sing "People Need the Lord" or "I Will Serve the Lord." I, I've actually I've never heard Stephanie sing "People." Need, well, she did this. I did it on oh, another. She did this little chorus thing, but she never, she never went very far with it. You know, <laughs> it's like that abbreviated um, uh, "Because He Lives." I hate that when they play the song without. God sent his son. People skip that first verse all the time. They go right to the newborn babe. But anyway, here we are with, I will serve the Lord. You ready for, I will serve the Lord? Sure. I can do, I can do that. All right. Let's go ahead. What, the first verse? The first verse, the whole first verse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my brain just completely went bank. I got people need the Lord. We're human folks. We're human. I got it. I got it. Okay. There marches through the centuries the martyrs of the cross. All those who chose to follow Christ to suffer any loss. And though their journey led them through the shadowlands of death, the song of their commitment they rehearsed with every breath. I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord my God. And if God should choose and my life I Folks, I don't think it gets much better than that song. We dedicate that song to you folks who are out there serving the Lord. You folks who are out there on this podcast. We always remember to dedicate that song to Brother Charles who's in heaven who doesn't need it dedicated to him. So today it's your song. It's Stephanie's song. Hey, listen, folks, we love you. Listen to every word, man. We want to make sure you know for sure you're going to heaven. Make sure that you got the prerequisites covered. The first one is enlistment. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth 
confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.